Welcome to Day 86 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with David Keefe and the Kreskis, Katie and Matt. And uh, we continue in our Drama of Scripture. We have we've skipped an entire book here. Uh, maybe you've noticed we've skipped through the book of Leviticus, and there are uh, you know, a lot of possible readings that we could have picked up from Le- Leviticus, especially a description of the uh, of the whole burnt offering, the offering that was consumed for the sake of the sin of the people. But Leviticus is largely a priestly handbook that describes in detail the procedures that a priest would use to present sacrifices, to present people in a clean as before him. And so the last place we read in the book of Exodus, uh, the Lord had ascended on the tabernacle uh, in the cloud, and in night there would be flames in the cloud. And whenever the cloud would move, Israel is to move. And so uh, we come in numbers to the first time that the cloud does move. Uh, the uh, adventure of the people of Israel, or the entire story of the people of Israel to this point, has been at the foot of Mount Sinai as they learn what it means to relate to this holy God and to have him in their midst. And so when we come to uh, Numbers chapter 10, which is where we pick up today, beginning in verse 11, uh, we see them move out for the first time and move toward uh, the promised land. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before we um, read today, as always, uh, we read because the story is a wonderful story. The literature is magnificent uh, literature. But more than that, we read because in Scripture we have the heart of God revealed to us where we begin to see his character and know his heart and what it means to be his people even though a lot of it is awkward to us in the Old Testament, it becomes more and more clear as we move the story toward Christ. And, of course, that's where the story is ultimately going. So before we read, let's offer ourselves, our hearts, our wonder and our curiosity and everything we are to the Lord uh, to allow him to continue to shape us through his word. So, Katie, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? That's good. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've given us, this time that you've um, prepared our hearts for. And I just, I pray that you would meet us where we are um, as we read your word. And um, Lord, that we would learn more about you, that we would, um, that God, your spirit would help us um, as we interpret your word and um, just wrestle with some of the things that maybe might not initially make sense to us. Um, and Father, I just pray that you would be with us as we engage um, with Scripture and that it wouldn't just be head knowledge, Lord, that it would um, that you would use it to change our hearts and that we would look more and more like Jesus um, and see the connections that um, can be made with um, just the future of, of your people um, from this spot in history and um, to see what um, you have done in Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 11, on the 20th day of the second month of the second year, the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle of the covenant of law. Then the Israelites set out from the desert of Sinai and traveled from place to place until the cloud came to rest in the desert of Paran. They set out and this first time at the Lord's command through Moses. The divisions of the camp of Judah went first under their standard. Nashon, son of Amenadab, was in command. Nathanael, son of Zoar, was over the division of the tribe of Issachar. And Elib, son of Halon, was over the division of the tribe of Zebulon. 
Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the Gersonites and the Merites, who carried it, set out. The divisions of the camp of Reuben went next, under their standard. Elazor, son of Shedeor, was in command. Shemuel, son of Jerashada, was over the division of the tribe of Simeon. And Elisaph, son of Duel, was over the division of the tribe of Gad. The Kohathites set out, carrying the holy things. The tabernacle was to be set up before they arrived. The divisions of the camp of Ephraim went under their standard. Elishama, son of Amahud, was in command. Gamaliel, son of Padazor, was over the division of the tribe of Manasseh. And Abedan, son of Gideonai, was over the division of the tribe of Benjamin. Finally, as the rear guard for all of the units, the divisions of the camp of Dan set out under their standard. Ahiezer, son of Aminashada, was in command. Pajiel, son of Okan, was over the division of the tribe of Asher. And Ahira, son of Enon, was over the division of the tribe of Naphtali. This was the order of the march for the Israelites' divisions as they set out. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We're setting out for the place about which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He answered, No, I will not go. I am going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, Please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord, may your enemies be scattered, may your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. A nice reminder that God is moving with his people. And, of course, you have the blessing of Moses in the beginning again. Rise up, Lord, and, O oh Lord, return to the countless thousands of, of, of Israel. And uh, it must have been quite a sight of um, countless thousands mm-hmm. moving through the desert of Sinai under the leadership of a, of a, of a cloud, uh, which is kind of, kind of incredible. Yeah, countless thousands of Israel reminding me that of the time when there was, wasn't even one yet, (laughs) you know, like it's just kind of a reminder of how far he's brought them and how he has been true to his covenant. No, in our our journey, it it, uh, looked like uh, these people would never get under the way. Uh, You have the promises to Abraham and Sarah and they're their grand promises indeed, but on a very practical level, um, it was well toward the end of their lives when they even saw the first glimmer of these promises being fulfilled mm-hmm. in their son Isaac. And, of course, the same thing is true for Isaac. And so it, it starts you know, off very, very slow, but then uh, you, know, you finally come to the point where you see countless thousands. And, of course, when I see countless thousands, uh, I'm recalling all of the uh, references in Exodus to where they were grumbling against the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, what a lot of people there to, to grumble. <laughs> a lot of grumbling. Yes. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I mean, right, start of chapter 11, they're going to be grumbling and complaining against the Lord again. But, you know, to me, it's a reminder that Israel's learning what it looks like to be the people of God. God's presence is now among them, and the cloud gets up, it's time to move. And, And again, we're seeing God's not just moving indifferently, you know, for this people, but He's actually leading these people. He's going before them. Um, and you know, you you work through that book in uh, development, but the relational presence of God 
that we're seeing a, a God who is in the midst of his people, but it's a, it's also a relational presence. He's not moving indifferently. He's not moving, um, you know, just against his people. He, he's, He's moving them towards something, mm-hmm. um, but they're learning what it looks like to follow the Lord yeah. and to trust that you know He will go before them and be with them. And it, I think the same is true when we fast forward to even Jesus and Jesus sending us out and saying, you know, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Is we're seeing glimpses of what it looks like to be the people of God who have this relational presence. Mm-hmm. Or if you go even further forward in the story. Uh, uh, where his uh, presence is finally established among us uh, in same unadulterated way it was in the garden or even beyond what it was in the, in the garden. And uh, he, he says of his people, I will be their God and they will be my people and we're uh, united forever uh, with him. And of course we, I mean, just along those same thoughts, we have, we're at a point in history in this story where we have the spirit who is, and at Pentecost appeared as a flame, which um, is how they see him at night, um, where we find ourselves in numbers. And um, so we have the spirit who is guiding us, who is leading us, who we have to trust and follow as well. Um, so it's not just it's not just a story we're following, it's a story we're in and that we're a part of. Um, and that's something that you know, I need to be reminded yeah. of too. And, and you don't want to over-spiritualize the text, but... Um, and there was a very visible, you know, leadership from the Lord, and how yeah. good it would be for us to be reminded uh, not to move unless the Lord moves, mm-hmm. uh, not to go in a direction unless we have confidence, you know, that that's the direction that the Lord is moving in. Uh, you know, to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, you know, in every aspect of our our hearts and lives. Of course, you know, Moses comes to a point, you know, during the Exodus, he said, of, you know, of God, if your presence does not go with us, neither do we go. Mm-hmm. And what a great motto, you know, for us. If this is not something you're about, then I don't want to be about it either. And being sensitive, even on the most you know, basic of our our decisions, you know, know uh, seeing the Lord in it, hearing His voice, then we're not going to always get audible voices, and we're not always going to have, you know, these you know, goosebump kind of feelings. Uh, but the act of being surrendered to the Lord and wanting to be where He is and wanting to go and uh, where He is leading us. Which is obviously a you know a huge part of what it means to be the people of God to be dependent on on God and, and to trust in Him and to follow Him and I even like as well as we're kind of looking at you know the people of God and you know they're kind of learning what it means to to be in that role and to follow Him and and even as they do begin to follow Him we see that kind of these different tribes and different divisions kind of have their different roles to play in that and how we even see that develop you know all throughout. The Old Testament, but then we think now to you know the, the church and the era of the church, and, and how we, as, as the people of God, have a various roles that He's called us yeah. to play in that. And so, just love seeing how, while this does maybe feel so different or seem so far away, or kind of like what is going on, we can see still see so many of these themes as we'll talk about probably every day we're doing this podcast, how they're carried on throughout the story, and how we see those played out. No, the the entire story builds on these themes of, you know, especially of God's presence and and of God's holiness and of God's, you know, great care for his people and his great care. Uh, You know, not not just in an abstract way of what happens when we come to the tabernacle or the sanctuary, uh, but what happens, you know, uh, in in the details of life. Mm -hmm. 
God deeply cares and everything is is surrendered and is, is given to him. Uh, you have to also like the fact that uh, even though it was about the middle of, you know, the uh, camp breaking up, the tabernacle came down. Somehow these guys would have to be faster than everybody else and the tabernacle would need to be set up as they came into the new camp. And what a beautiful picture that would be, you know, coming down to the place. And, and I love even the description of uh, of, of where they would camp, a place to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how you would see the image of the tabernacle inviting you into rest uh, and into the presence of God. That's good. <laughs> well, thank you, Katie. <laughs> I like that. You want some rest? It's a good passage. I mean, I'm just reminded, I mean, we've been reading just several passages that talk about, you know, the glory of the Lord and His glory, you know, Him descending upon them in the form of a cloud, you know, and, and being reminded that these are the same images that these New Testament authors are going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we read it apart from the Old Testament, it, it seems weird, you know, Jesus, like in Acts 1, Jesus ascends to a cloud, you know, and if you, if we never read the Old Testament, we're just thinking, what's going on with that? No. You know, you read in light of the Old Testament, you begin to see, oh, the Father is receiving. And if we, if we, if we didn't have the Old Testament, uh, you know, Jesus ascending into the clouds would be cool. <laughs> and because we have the Old Testament, Jesus ascending in the clouds is super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, had we realize what these images are hinting at and what they're leading us to. And it's not, you know, just simply, uh, you know, a cloudy departure. It is a departure into the presence and into the glory of God to receive from him a kingdom that will never be shaken. And so when all of that starts happening and you see clouds, all of a sudden you're not seeing clouds anymore. Mm Yeah. I love, too, in, in verse 35, when... The ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord, may your enemies be scattered, may that your foes flee from before you. And then when it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. But again, I mean, that relational presence of the mm-hmm. Lord, you know, that there was an intimacy with the Lord mm, yeah. that they were beginning to experience, both in the, the going yeah. before them and the resting with them. And But feel those two movements. Uh, he rises up to protect us. He comes in the midst of us to have fellowship with yeah. us. And so we have... Mm-hmm. You know, both the sure protection of the Lord before, you know, our our enemies yep. are struggling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and uh, rulers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm. Uh, he rises up to go before us and protect us, but he comes to us to live with us in intimacy and in fellowship. Fun stuff in there, David. Why don't you close us a word of prayer? Yeah, no, let's pray. And Father, we thank you so much um, for your word. Thank you that you are uh, the God who goes before us and who protects us, but who is also near. And so we thank you for these wonderful truths that we see um, in in the book of Numbers. Um, thank you that you are a good God who has kept his covenant and is, is the faithful one. And so we thank you so much for your character, for your heart, and we thank you so much for inviting us in to be your people and for the wonderful things that you have given us through Christ Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen.